Hello everybody and welcome back to Noisy Women the podcast. I am Em, I'm your host. I honestly love saying that as the intro, it makes me feel very important and very like kind of put together which I know that this podcast definitely isn't. I apologise that this episode is a day late. I've had a really really busy week. I've been filming for a new TV style show that's coming out in a couple of weeks time. It's going to be streamed onto Facebook and YouTube. I can't talk much about it yet because it's not out but as soon as I can talk about it I will of course share with you guys. Um, So yeah we've been recording for a fair few episodes of that this week so it's just been a bit of a long old week. It's been a weird week in my personal life as well so it's just it's just been a bit of a weird one um so I apologize that the episode is a day late I hope you've had you guys have had a nice week we obviously kind of out of lockdown now I'm actually living it up in tier one sorry to everyone that's gonna make that's gonna make you jealous um please keep listening to the episode this episode is with the delightful Lindsay Melbourne Lindsay and I met at Latitude last year we were both on the same photo team and I just adore Lindsay she's wonderful she's a photographer she's also a producer she's done some bits for idols like idols are probably the main people that she works with and she's kind of developed her portfolio over the last few years coming from a band's perspective and then moving into her actual photography work this is a really interesting one if you just want to get into the music industry from a photographic point of view and you're not sure how to do it Lindsay talks about how she got into it and the fact that she kind of just went with it and she kind of ran with it and kind of just talked her way into things and it's ended up her having a really really wonderful career she's also a mum to the really beautiful little boy dylan so we talk a lot about how she feels being a mum and balancing all of her work she's just wonderful and i really hope you guys enjoy this episode just as much as i loved recording it as always if you could give this podcast a follow if you could subscribe on apple podcasts if you could give me a little rating that'd be so helpful just to try and push this podcast to as many people as possible And also, if you could share this amongst your friends, that would be great. Um, I'm going to leave you with the episode and speak to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Like, I haven't spoken to you properly since, like, last year. So it's nice to actually be be face-to-face in this weird new world. (laughs) (laughs) Zoom is the only thing keeping them people... You know what? Sometimes I think the pandemic was made by Zoom and they just wanted business. And they thought to themselves, Oh, go there. (laughs) My sister's into her conspiracy theories. I might have to swap that one. (laughs) Tell her that. In this episode, I'm talking with Lindsay Melbourne. We've been chatting about conspiracy theories of the pandemic and whether Zoom is actually the culprit for them all. Um, (laughs) Lindsay and I actually met last summer. Uh, It feels like a lifetime ago now. It feels like a very long time ago. So I interned at Latitude Festival last year for Festival Public. And I loved it. It was like the best best weekend had such a wonderful time but I always knew of Lindsay because of idols and people I lived with were massive idols fans and I had a lot of friends who were huge idols fans and they'd always talk about you in conversation about that photographer (laughs) and then I remember getting the email from Darren before Latitude and it had like the it was addressed to all the photographers on the photo team and I remember seeing your email and being like surely that can't be the Lindsay that I keep being told about (laughs) and then it was and I was like what an exciting time (laughs) I love you you're making me smile so much right now but no it was a a really nice one to a nice place to meet I think because it was just 
the team was wonderful. Yeah, such a mix of people. You had like people right at the very top of their game doing like full festival seasons. And then you had some people coming in for the first time and then yourself interning as well. And it was my first, my first latitude as well. And first job working for Festival Republic. So I was buzzing. That was like bucket list client for me. Yeah, oh, it was such a good, it was such a good time. Like I look back now with just, and maybe it's rose tinted glasses because you can't go to yeah. gigs, but it, I just remember with such fond memories of there was just such a nice atmosphere within like that photo team and everyone yeah, was just so lovely and so supportive of each other. And there was just this really lovely like feeling and it was really lovely learning from people who yeah had been way more experienced and had done like people like Kyle who'd done like so yeah, many Matt and Kyle yeah Matt and Kyle are incredible and yeah they'd done so many festivals and I just remember being like whoa these people were these people were like top dogs <laughs> and I was actually pregnant and I couldn't tell anyone yeah I know and I remember you being like I think you said something like, I don't uh, drink anymore yeah 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 I don't drink anymore I don't smoke anymore and I was like interesting I was like <laughs> I was like holier than thou and uh, I remember Matt and Matt and Kyle were always trying to get me to go for a beer afterwards and I was like oh no I just you know trying this like clean living stuff now and being more mindful but yeah actually I was three months pregnant so I was just at the point where I'd had my 13 week scan I think you whatsapped me or I think it was something to do with Reading when you knew we were going to be at Reading and then you were like oh by the way I'm having a baby and I was like whoa what that's sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I had to tell Redden at that point because we had to do a risk assessment based on like noise levels and decibels like I couldn't shoot post balloon because some of his um pyro, pyro stuff was going to be far too loud interesting I would never have even if you saw his set there was some loud stuff going on in that set but yeah I wasn't yeah. allowed to go and shoot that that makes so, so much sense I wouldn't even have like thought of course like of course that makes total sense but I would never even thought that you couldn't do that because you were like having a baby that makes so yeah sense. no I didn't but yeah, son's hearing, considering he went to a lot of gigs and a lot of festivals while I was pregnant, is actually fine. So Good. I was so <laughs> glad. Part of me that was like, maybe I shouldn't have worked so much while I was pregnant, but no, it's all good. And he's 10 months old now, which is ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't believe that this year has gone so fast. I remember seeing the photos you posted on Facebook and I was just like, oh, it's a baby. And then, and then like 10 months later being like, whoa, not a baby anymore. <laughs> No, it's going to be one in January. So that's crazy. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's a weird year for me because I was going to have this year off work anyway due to being a mum and being pregnant. Um, you know, think, and that came with lots of stuff like, you know, am I going to be invited back to festivals now I'm a mum or am I going to get the same opportunities to work? And then there hasn't been any music. I mean, I guess kind of in a good way, like, I, I was saying to people when obviously festival season didn't happen and things were beginning to be cancelled and I was really sad about it but I was like on the plus side it's not like I've broken my leg and I'm what I'm like in I'm like in a cast I can't go to anything and everything's still happening in front of me because no one's doing it like you kind of all feel like you're in the same boat and it's not as sad because everyone's in the same position yeah totally so for me it's been yeah I don't know not a blessing in disguise but I don't want to say that but yeah I don't know it's so weird I think about it differently every day I can't imagine what it's going to be like to get back into a room whether I'm photographing or just going to see a band and like having a pint and being in a sweaty room with people again yeah I saw a vi I saw a video of I follow a few like New Zealand bands on Instagram I saw a video because obviously New Zealand's pretty clear and they were like having full-scale gigs again and like bands oh, were really? 
and I was like what a strange concept I was watching these videos these bands like all together with like hundreds of people and I was like I was like I couldn't even get my head around it because I was like I just can't even comprehend the idea of like that many people that close together in a room yeah I know I want it so much but I'm also still strangely anxious about going back into it but you know I know roadies I know techs I know stage managers I know bands and just that nobody has worked this year yeah and doing what they love as well like we do it because we love it not just for the for the sake of it and it just feels so sad knowing that none of us can do it and everyone's the good yeah good thing is yeah everyone is in the same boat so that does make it feel a little bit better but it's still not easy and it still feels really shit all the time and sad (laughs) I think we discussed this when we met before but you began shooting gigs because you used to be in a band. Is that right? Was that yeah, you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was in bands for like 13 years while holding down like a really shit office job at the same time, just hoping that we were going to make it in one of those bands. Um, it was fun, but I got to a point where I was putting so much into it in, in terms of like rehearsal time and and investment in that stuff and then we weren't really getting anything back from it that there just came a point when I decided that just wasn't for me anymore um I'd always had a camera and I'd always shot stuff like point and shoot film cameras lamography that kind of thing and then there was just no way I could quit music and then go to just being a fan in the crowd had to be part of it somehow I was always dreaming about being on the other side of the fence at Reading that was like that was my goal because I want to be back there I want to know what's going on behind there not to go like hang out with bands I wanted to be part of how it all ran so that was like 2014 maybe that I just started shooting gigs and posting my work like I snuck into the barrier at the garage when the cribs were playing and, and shot some stuff in the photo pit just when the security guard wasn't looking and and gradually just started to do stuff like that and put my work out and you know how it is you you meet people you could put yourself out there and opportunities start presenting themselves that's so cool because yeah you come at it from a completely different background to like a lot of people I've talked about which is generally like everyone seems to have a love of music but it's not from the case of I wanted to make it and then didn't but then still wanted to be a part of it and that didn't put me off so I still went with it like that's a very different story to a lot of people who I know and have spoken to about it Yeah, I think that's kind of a clear example of of it's never too late because I was in my 30s when I started shooting gigs. Yeah, and that's really nice to hear as well because I think there's definitely a wave of people now and I'm the same who, like I'm 22 and there's loads of people who are younger than me who are doing it. And it's so, like sometimes it feels really stressful because I'm like, whoa, these people are really good and they're really young. That's really that's really stressful to know you feel the same when you're older is actually really reassuring it's like okay everyone feels the same it's fine (laughs) yeah definitely um how did you meet idols then like how did that whole relationship begin with them god I was really lucky so I hadn't when I shot them for the first time I didn't know a lot about them so I was working for loud and quiet magazine in London like shooting some odd live bits for them um my partner and his best friend had been to see them a couple of times and they kept telling me you know and people are like you must listen to this band you're gonna love it but you just don't like you need to see it to believe it and I was just like yeah yeah I mean I'll get around to doing that and then loud and quiet were like you need to go shoot idols it's the day of brutalism album launch at moth club like we think you'll love it it's your kind it's up your up your street your kind of thing so I knew loads of people that wanted to go anyway so I was like yeah I'll do it and then it was just the most insane night because I just had no idea what to expect. And I love shooting like wild, crazy stuff. 
and they were just on another level yeah no they are literally on another level oh that's such a cool thing. yeah and did you did you so did you meet them after the, their gig or whatever and then just keep in contact and that's where the so I met a couple of them and then I was so my shit job I I mentioned earlier my rubbish job I mentioned earlier I used to work for the rail industry teaching children about railway safety that's such a that's such a random job <laughs> so my stepdad used to work in the rail industry so I got just a job when I was like 18 doing admin and then because I was in the band for so long I just kept it up so I was doing it for years and years managed to find like a fun job within that industry which was going into schools and teaching children about railway safety and yeah. we were we went to York for a conference on like railway safety and I just was I was in the hotel and I was like I'll see if there's any gigs on tonight and idols were playing on a Monday night in York at this tiny pub called the Fulford Arms so I was like, oh, well, but Friday night was brilliant. So this say two days later, I'll go again. There was about 10 people watching them. Weird. So, oh, goodness yeah, me. So I, got to, I got to meet with them and chat with them. And like we did some Polaroids and, and stuff like that. And, um, and then I can't remember what happened. I went to another few shows and the manager got in touch and was like, oh, we really love your live work. The band needs some press shots doing. Um, would you be up for doing it? I was like, I've never shot a promo portrait in my life, but yeah, mm. fuck it, I'll do it. What a cool way to start shooting such an iconic band. That's nuts. That was the the photo, if you've seen it, with the ice creams. Yes, that was my first, um, my, my first um, portrait shot. So I was very scared, very nervous. The band had broken down twice on the way back from Europe that day that I shot them. It was like the hottest day in March and it was just really scary. I was so nervous, but I don't know, somehow managed to make it work amazing and it's just kind of the relationships just kept up like up until now really you still you yeah. still obviously now with everything with AF Gang as well it's just continued to grow and develop yeah it's great you know I've always got a triple A with my name on if I want it I'm I don't tend to like go on the road with them or anything and now I've obviously I've had Dylan and, and stuff like that but yeah I've got that access whenever I want it which is great and then yeah obviously we've got Afghan which has become almost bigger in my life than that relationship with idols which is awesome as well. That 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 kind of like gang started because I remember you saying it was because you kept seeing all of these people at gigs and like being at the front and everyone kind of like this relationship forming between all these fans who didn't know each other and they you yeah. wanted like a platform that they could all like meet on. So then yeah, that, definitely. Was that born straight onto Facebook? Was that why? Is it, it always was, been- yeah? So I was part of. Um, when the Libertines came out in like 2000, like really back early 2000s, like 2001, 2002, there was like a message board thing called libertines.org that we were all on. And we used to go and meet people and pre-drinks and stuff before gigs. And Pete would post that he was playing in like someone's bathroom in like half an hour's time. And it was a real community. I'm still best friends with a lot of those people now. I met my husband through that community so yeah. when I felt this like community coming together around me like just because I was going to all these shows and meeting these same people um, it felt like that did like that time when the Libertines were kind of kicking off and all those bands like Metros and, and you know um, and it just felt like that again so I was like oh we should do something like this for idols um, but obviously Facebook was the most obvious platform then although I wasn't really part of any Facebook groups at the time because they were usually really horrible places that people would argue all the time. So I was like, well, let's just try and create it for like meetups and stuff like that, which is what we did. And then there might maybe like 30 or 40 of us for a long time. But then people just started to kind of be a bit more open and would start talking about their mental health. 
and then everyone would respond and be like yeah I feel that too or have you tried this or do you know that and it just kind of really grew organically and then along with the band's success the numbers grew and now it's just a wild animal that's really how many people are now, yeah and how many people are now in the group 32,000 that's insane you like <laughs> no. this thing that's like a monster now <laughs> it's a monster I want it to go back to 2017 but yeah I mean it just means it needs a bit more a bit more help so we've got moderators from all over the globe um helping so we get like up to a thousand posts a week that's that's incredible what a like a lovely place to have all these like fans talking about all these things that are important just in one place or like an yeah. insane community there's just so many different voices and opinions now that yeah it's hard to moderate but we've got loads of help so yeah it's still going I don't know what's going to happen in the future really yeah so we're just kind of seeing how it progresses naturally and uh, we do a few like fun like charity things fundraisers and raising some money and stuff like that yeah we might be doing a film there's a new film being in the in talks at the minute Ooh. about looking a bit more into the community and some of those personal stories that we've come to learn and some of those people in the group yeah we'll see it's all kind of in talks at the minute it's been it's got the green light but um obviously with the pandemic we we're not able to to film anything right now so well we were talking about like being a creative and being a photographer but then how I feel like there's this whole kind of stigma around being a creative doing lots of different things and if you post one thing online someone might get the wrong idea that you're not doing that thing anymore if you post a video you're no longer taking photos or if you start doing podcasts you're no longer doing anything and it's like there's kind of a lot of pressure online I think to to only do one thing and be excellent at that one craft and that's all you're good at but you do so many things and you're like I, I look really look up to you in that sense because you do a bit of everything in a really lovely way how, well how did it kind of come about with the film that you just released that you produce for Idols? That was um, the director Mark Archer used to live with the drummer John and he's worked in film for years but had never made a film of his own so he obviously knew John he knew the boys from like for like the last 10 years so had seen them grow up until kind of 2017 where it started to kick off and so I think John had said to him you should get in touch with Lindsay to use some of her photos so Mark the director got in touch with me um, and we met up in a pub in Hackney and had a chat and then I told him about Afghan which he'd never heard of so I went from kind of um, just have just supplying photos for it to then becoming someone who was able to pull loads of people and stories together for the film mm -hmm. so then he asked me if I wanted to produce it with him and it was just me and him for the first year and we just were going on the road like interviewing story interviewing people and their stories um, which was really cool and then I started to get involved in some of the bigger interviews as well which was really great so I interviewed Steve Lamech and I was terrified but that was really great. I just became someone who kind of just pulled stuff together. I'd never made a film or produced in my life, but we just kind of made it work. And then some more people got involved. And yeah, it just shows that if you kind of run with your gut and believe that you can do something, even if you have no idea how to do it, it'll probably work out okay in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I was interviewing, I was filming, I was pulling like documents together and bringing stories together and you know yeah we just did it it was great I loved it it was like a project that took I think about three it was about three years and it came out earlier in the year again couldn't have its kind of cinema release so it went online for two weeks and 
it's got its premiere at BFI in January and then we should be able to put out some news about how the rest of the world can see it again so yeah incredible oh it's just nice and it's so lovely to hear as well that you do so many different creative avenues and you are able to well eventually juggle everything it's hard to juggle but you're doing it seem to be doing it effectively so I guess that's better than most (laughs) yeah taking a bit of a step back this year because I think like what you were saying that pressure to to only be one thing or to know what you're doing and how to put it out there can be quite overwhelming so when I had Dylan I didn't have much time to do anything I got into a really kind of horrible headspace about like oh should I be posting what should I be posting and I just took a step back from it all I just put my camera away because even just looking at it in my in my room or whatever I'd be like oh my god I should be using that but then you know why should I be using it so I just I had a little point and shoot that I had with me all the time little film camera and just put it away for a bit and just took a step back and now I'm coming back to it but obviously I'm not really working because there isn't any work I'm kind of again like I don't know what it is that I do or what direction I'm going to go in next but I'm kind of at peace with that at the minute yeah I'm trying to get I'm trying to find my place with that in a similar way to you a friend of mine posted a photo the other day of her bedroom um Jessie Morgan is a like really talented music photographer I spoke to her in season one and she posted a photo of her bedroom and was like I'm a gig photographer and I shoot portraits and I can't do that right now so I don't really know what I want my Instagram to be but my room looks nice so here's a photo of that instead and I was like actually I think that might be something that I try to go into a little bit more and like that whole kind of like personal side of Instagram and showing more of life because I sometimes feel that I have so many photos of like my friends and my room and my house and the people I hang out with and the sea because I live somewhere like beautiful but I don't really I don't really put them anywhere I just kind of have them and for so long I've been really precious that like I don't want my Instagram to go down like a more of like a life documenting route I want it to kind of showcase my work but then if I have a website that showcases my work, maybe my Instagram should be a little bit more personal. Definitely. But we put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. And so who is it for? Honestly, like I don't even know who I'm trying <laughs> to address. <laughs> exactly. I'm in the same boat. I think if I post another photo of Dylan, my son, I'm probably going to lose more followers. Then I'm, which is what's happening. If I post, you know, if I don't post an idol's photo, I post something else, I lose followers. But then, you know, I just, I'm all right with that. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I had it recently. I like finally hit 2000 followers. It has taken a very long time. But no, and then I just like was like, oh no, I got to that thing. I was like, oh no, what if I post something and then no one likes it and then they all unfollow me again. And I was like, oh no, am I just going to keep going up and down over this threshold for like the next like three weeks? It's a weird space to be in though, isn't it? Because when, if I'd have started photography, you know, 20 years ago instead of more recently, I wouldn't have had any of that. Yeah, completely. I'm just trying to like... I've got a film camera that is a friend of my boyfriend's and I've just got that and trying to just take more photos that are candid of things that happen in day-to-day life and document more of that stuff and be more proud of the things that I do. I think there's a a big part of it that I feel like I don't talk enough about like actually some of the stuff I do do and maybe I should do that more. So maybe, maybe that'll be what it ends up being. I don't know. Yeah, of course, like maybe work that isn't as cool as shooting a festival. Yeah. What kind of advice do you have for other people who are trying to get into whatever field? From the sounds of things, you getting into music photography was basically a bit of a whim and like, I want to do this, so I'm just going to sneak in and do it. Is that what kind of advice you have? You have to put yourself out there because nobody else is going to come in and give you opportunities unless you're out there being like, hey, 
I'm here. This is what I want to do. I think just being reliable, being nice. Um, you know, if you're someone asks you to do some photos, they ask you to deliver them that day, deliver them that day, you know, just being responsible. And I don't know. I think you just have to throw, you just have to throw yourself out there and start networking and meeting people and, you know, talking to people like yourself and, and just asking others for advice. Yeah. And that's what I did. There was a couple of photographers in London that I really looked up to. Um, and I just got brave enough to like say hello to the, one of them in the pit, which is a late, um, a girl called Carolina Ferulu. Yes, I know her name. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, and we just hit it off and became friends. And she came out with me and taught me like how to use my flash, uh, like in the pit and stuff like that. And then as she works for one of the bigger agencies in the UK now doing festivals, but as she moved on she then passed on her contacts to me so any work she gave up to go as she went on to other stuff like she passed that back to me so without her I wouldn't have had those opportunities and then they've opened other doors to to me as well yeah I think it's a massive thing and everyone I've spoken to has said the same which is you've just got to put yourself out there and if you're not your biggest like if you're not your biggest favorite person and you believe that everything you do is good no one else is going to believe that you're good either. Like if you don't have any faith in what you're doing, why does yeah. why is someone going to give you the job if you don't think it's good? Even if it's yeah. awful. If you think it's good, at least that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. And you've done, yeah, you've put everything into it. Yeah, I really couldn't agree more. And I think that kind of like putting yourself out there and talking to people, and even though it's like terrifying, like I think the first time I shot a gig in the pit, I didn't, the thing is from my background in music photography, it was never really like every all the venues in Cornwall don't have pits. Like all the things in Falmouth don't have pits. It's just it's just a free for all of people having fun. Again. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite anyway. Yeah, so it's a very <laughs> different way to like meet other photographers. But I remember I made friends with my friend Kieran because we were shooting a gig in Redruth, and there wasn't a pit. It was a really high stage, and we're the only two photographers there. And we got chatting, and he followed me on Instagram. And then he, well, he's now one of my closest friends. If we hadn't have had that really random conversation where we were both a little bit like, oh, new person, we would never have made friends and that whole thing wouldn't have formed in the first place. Well, that's it. Everyone's got a different eye, haven't they? Yeah. Like, if you don't compare yourself to others and you'll, yeah, you'll be fine. Completely agree. Oh, <laughs> makes, makes, yeah, makes me very happy, like, talking all about it, to be honest. Um, what are the women, do you think, at the moment who are just like killing it or people you really admire and look up to photography wise or any, anyone any avenue I think yeah photography wise Carolina she's incredible obviously there's no music stuff going on at the minute but she has adapted to doing this amazing really cool graphic design artwork stuff on her Instagram and it's so good and had we not have had the pandemic maybe she wouldn't have been able to like unveil that side of her or find that side of her that's really awesome um Sarah Louise Bennett who shoots oh my god she's so good she's incredible I so wonderful a few times at few festivals we've been on the same photography team a few times um and she's just amazing and she's now doing it full-time you know, for a long time, she had to have a part-time job, not in the field. Um, now she's doing it full-time and I just love seeing her because she's just so humble with it all. 
Yeah, I think that honesty as well of like having that part-time job and that not being your whole thing is really important. I think a lot of people get swept up in like, this has to be the thing that makes all of your money. And if you're not doing that, you're not successful. But like, you've got, you've got to do what you've got to do. Then that's yeah, fine. of course. And now she is doing it. I mean, very few people are ever going to be able to do music photography full time. Yeah. But it is great to have something else. And I don't know, with me, I've always only wanted to do photography if it's stuff I really want to do. So if I did photography full time, I'd probably have to do a load of stuff that I didn't really want to shoot. Yeah. So for me, I just shoot the stuff I, I really love to do. So you have, because you have a food truck as well. We were discussing this before. So obviously yeah, that's yeah. like a whole different avenue to anything else you do, which is just another thing that you juggle on as long as the other yeah, many Yeah, yeah. Well, we set, me and Paul set that up to get out of, because he was in another, he was in an office job working in the charity sector and we both just wanted to get out and be self-employed and be our own bosses. So we started doing that. We had to do it like evenings and weekends on top of work. So we were both working full time and I was out shooting gigs like during the week in London when I lived there I live in Sheffield now um and then at the weekends we were running the food stall so we were just having to do it all on top of our day jobs to get to where we wanted to be and then gradually we were able to Paul quit his job first then I did and yeah now we earn all our own income we're our own bosses that's written must be a really lovely feeling as well just to be like I decide what I want to do (laughs) yeah until you come to a pandemic and then yes no one's furloughing you apart from yourself yeah but you know we have survived and we've managed to adapt and we do click and collect and we do delivery and stuff like that so you know we're still here still have a roof over our heads we've made it work yeah I think it's all about adapting and showing that you can kind of change what you're doing to fit what is currently happening what's kind of been a, a moment for you that you've kind of taken a step back and been like pinch me this is actually happening this is what's happening in front of me and I can't believe that it is <laughs> I have one one moment that's like insane so as I said like I did those portraits of idols in like the March of 2017 first time I'd ever done portraits so then I ended up getting loads of opportunities to do some pretty crazy stuff with them um the biggest one has to be when they supported Foo Fighters at the O2 Arena yeah that's nuts it was insane. The manager couldn't be there that day. So I ended up having to document and he wanted press shots doing that day. I became the tour manager for that day. So I had the schedule of which like included meeting Joe Wiley for Joe's interview at this time and meeting enemy and DIY for magazine shoots and magazine interviews and stuff like that. And yeah. And then I did, I did a, and I worked for DIY magazine, did a portrait shoot of idols backstage that day as well. So I ended up doing like 20 different things. And then around me was just like Brian May. That's not Stella what? McCartney, what? Kylie Minogue, Rick Astley. Like these people were just walking around me, like backstage all day, came into the dressing room and like Dave Grohl was there and like I had a pink suit on. He was like, hey, nice suit, man. I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Because I was still so new to it all. Because I'd only like started getting involved in like the March and this was only September. So for me, it was crazy. And then I was on stage with them at the O2 and it was full and it was insane. I can't even imagine what it must feel like to look out on like that many people and be like, shit, I know I have to do my job. <laughs> I know. It was great. And then I guess more recently, I like Reading Festival. I think I've been to maybe 15 Reading Festivals. 
since I was like 16. So Reading was always bucket list for me. So at first, I think earlier last year, I got an inter- I got an email for Latitude and I was going crazy at home. And then about a week later, I got an email asking me if I wanted to shoot Reading. And I was like, shit, that's that dream come true stuff. Yeah, I, if I got that like- email, it would. I'd also feel the same. I'd be like, I've done it. It's all I wanted to do. We're here now. Well, this is the thing. I was four months pregnant and I was like I really loved slow tie at the time and I was shooting slow tie in the pit and he played that done that amazing performance at Red Inn and then they were like oh can you get into the sound tower for Foo Fighters to do the fireworks and I'm just like what the fuck yeah and I thought yeah I'm four months pregnant now if I never if I'm never able to come back and shoot festivals again because I'm a mum or whatever like that's it music photography completed it yeah you did it you literally finished (laughs) on such a high so they yeah they're two big kind of pinch me moments and then releasing the film was like really amazing to see my name on a film poster you know and yeah of course and I imagine when that properly comes out and when you have your actual like premiere and everything that'll feel again very pinch me we need to have that because we worked so hard on it and the team we haven't been together as a team for over a year like we've not ever had a like a wrap up or a drink or anything to celebrate so yeah I hope so well crossing all my fingers and toes that you do yeah thank I you think it's, it's like you need that um you need that kind of like closure to know that it know that it's over and that you can move on to the next thing I need to I need to celebrate it I want to go to the BFI and I want to like get dressed up and have a drink with everyone and just celebrate it yeah, no, I completely Seems agree. so unfair at the minute, but you know, there's a bigger thing going on. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, how do you, how do you, how do you manage to balance everything? And obviously there are so many avenues with like the food truck and photography and having yeah. Dylan and doing like the film and then also being on, like taking photos and there's literally endless amounts of things as well as also like being a good friend and like a partner. Like how do you manage to balance everything? Oh. Yeah, I've learned this year that I need that I've had to slow down. And the last now I'd say I'd ha- in the last year or so I have slowed down. Yeah. I've always been busy. I've just always been one of them people like I just need to be busy constantly. I think me and we're quite good at checking in with each other, me and Paul, because he's just the same. He's always up to so many different things that he's building like this office in our garden at the minute and he's doing it practically like on his own. I'm like, you can't just build a building on your own. He's like, Yeah, I can. And you do have to remind yourself to slow down occasionally. I think for me going into next year is that I need to be more mindful about what I say yes to. Because yeah. I think maybe in the past I've just said yes to too much stuff before. That's exciting. It's kind of like a blank canvas. Yeah, I think I've started shooting weddings last year and for, with the right weddings and the right people and the right venues, I really love it. Yeah. Um, so that's something I want to explore but I actually think there's something about shooting a wedding that is incredibly rewarding and actually very creative if you shoot it in the right way. And if it's the right kind of wedding, it can actually be a very like beautiful thing mm. to capture. Well, I get a few inquiries because I've shot some boutique festivals in the past, like Shambhala and Port Elliot and stuff like that. And people want you to come and shoot their wedding like you would shoot a festival. Yeah. So kind of just telling that story a lot. I think you probably experience this. A lot of people think festivals... music photography is just shooting bands but that's only like 10 percent of it they want you out there telling the story of the the different fields the different areas the people the vibe it's not just what's on the stage i think so i think people yeah have approached me before wanting me to shoot 
weddings and then they their wedding is going to be styled like a festival or I think if people saw the behind the scenes paperwork of what you're actually required to shoot at a festival they'd (laughs) be like oh okay this is strange this is not what I thought at all especially when you're booked on your music photography skills but not on any of the other stuff honestly I have to go and shoot that now yeah it's like you're gonna walk around the campsite for two hours in the heat to take photos of people looking really happy even though they're really hot and all carrying their (laughs) recycling and what I remember at Latitude one of them was when really trying to set our recycling points you've got to go take photos of them and I was like how on earth do I make a recycling station look nice (laughs) on your music photography yeah I wasn't about to do that but you just got to adapt and I think if people knew the behind the scenes nature of how that actually works they'd be very surprised yeah but you're like I always want to shoot bands all day it's not like that at all not like that at all I guess a question that I ask quite a lot of people on the podcast because obviously the podcast is to do with women within the music industry and kind of how there are a lot of battles that a lot of women go through to be in the position that they're in have you ever found like working doing what you do that you've been like let like treated in a different way because of your gender yeah it's definitely been times I'm trying to think of um examples when I first moved to Sheffield and I started going to the O2 to shoot some shows I tried to approach people in the pit a lot of like older men um they've probably been doing it for years but I, I, I kind of I respected that so I went to introduce myself to say hi and kind of just got ignored which was kind of tough because in London although it is scary in those pits everyone is pretty much in it together yeah no matter if they're shooting for I don't know the broadsheets or they're shooting for a tiny blog everyone's kind of respectful of each other and that was the first time that I felt yeah I don't know yeah undermined in the in the photo pit and then I just thought you know what I'm just going to take the best shots they're gonna be so much better than yours (laughs) that's gonna be my way to way to beat it um and you never see these people's photographs anywhere no you you don't I don't even I honestly don't even understand how they get the access in the first place you never see anything you never see where what any of it or where it goes but they always seem to be there there's been a few times with like bands I've managed in the past that have moved on to male managers or you know bands that have, have changed photographers and stuff like that and taken male photographers on tour and you know the opportunity hasn't you do feel a bit rubbish but also you know people are entitled to work with whoever they want to work with but the, yeah, there's been a few of those moments where you felt like, is it because I'm a woman? I feel a lot stronger now that I'm a mum and I've given birth. Like I feel much more empowered as a woman and a lot more respectful of myself. And I'm a lot more confident in myself. It's given me like a newfound confidence. Interesting. I feel a lot more, a lot more badass than I did before. Like I won't, I won't take as much shit from people because of what I've been through <laughs> with yeah. having a baby. That's complete. That's completely fair enough, though. Well, I've always thought you're badass, so you have your you have from me. When we first when we first met, and you were wearing like an all black like denim jumpsuit and like docks in like thirty degree heat, I was like, "This girl's cool." <laughs> just didn't pack well. I was like, I was like, you have to have some balls to wear that, so she must be cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's really rubbish when you feel like that, and I think we've all just got to stand up stand up to it and challenge it so I did in those situations where things haven't happened for me that I've expected I have tried to have those conversations yeah to say you know like can you just give me some feedback as to why you didn't ask me to do that I've been asking throughout the season the same like three questions to everybody Mm -hmm. and 
so the first one is if you're at a gig I know RIP but if you're at a gig what um is the thing that you always wish there was on the band's rider like what is the thing you look forward to on that rider I'm always tired so sugar and sweets it's always so unhealthy isn't it maybe something maybe I should say something healthy like a salad because <laughs> it is always just like Haribo and crisps and bottles of water and cans of coke and beer what's been like a fate what's an album that you would kind of if anyone's listening to this an album that they can put straight on after this oh, I'm just gonna big up my favorite band in the entire world which is the Cribs who have just released a new album this week and I think I think it charts on Monday and they've got a chance to get into the top 10 so everyone should buy it although no one's gonna listen to this before that are they yeah. no <laughs> anyway just listen to the Cribs new album Night Network it's like just as good as anything they've ever done before and they are my ultimate ultimate favorite favorite band amazing ever. okay um also <laughs> what's your your final question is what has been your lockdown hobby what is the thing that during this weird old year you've taken up and decided to love god if I had time I would be like a crafting queen but everything I want to do I can't because I have to be a mum so being a mum is my lockdown hobby <laughs> <laughs> I loved the photo you put up of uh, you and Dylan painting and I think it was like it was like loads of handprints on paper and like loads of different colours and stuff. And I was like, that's what I'd do. Yeah, it lasted like all of five minutes and then he like <laughs> crawled off and was like, probably had his head in the toilet or something. <laughs> Cannot take your eyes off him. Yeah, if I could have time, I would do so many hobbies. I'd be knitting and all sorts, but just don't have the time. So picking up my camera at the minute is like what I'm trying to do. That's a nice hobby because it's getting back into yeah. the thing you love anyway. So actually, that's a yeah. really lovely thing to do. Thank you so much for being on. No worries. Thank you for having me. Everything you do is amazing. It's so oh, grateful of your journey. Thank you. Um, I will link your Instagram in the show notes of the podcast. So if anyone wants to fire you any questions or follow you over there, they can see all of your stuff just through the link. I will look forward to chatting to the rest of you guys in the next episode of the podcast really hope you enjoyed that episode you can find me over on instagram at emily marcovecchio i'm not going to try and spell it i'm just going to leave it in the show notes that's probably my most asked question is how do you say my surname if you're looking for the rest of the season they're either viewable where you're listening to this or if you go onto my website which is www.emilyanna.net forward slash noisy women's one or noisy women's two you'll find season one and two listed there on those sites has the links to all of the guests i've had on so far a bit of a blurb about what the podcast is about and all other good stuff i hope you come back for the next episode and it was lovely to have you here